0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another fabulous installment of Matt and Dennis, the Matt and Dennis podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Scarano. I'm joined alongside, as always, by my dear friend and co-host, Mr. Dennis Vincy. Dennis, happy Friday evening to you. How are you?
1: I am doing well, Matt. Uh, I'm giggling just a bit, smiling, because now you are swiveling, and I think it adds a new dimension of distraction (laughs) to this podcast for me.
0: Yeah, you know, Dennis, this is a a proud moment, at least for this half of the Matt and Dennis team, because not long ago I stopped at IKEA. My back has been hurting a lot lately, as you know. And I was like, I needed an actual legitimate chair to take this podcast to the next level. And now I have it that now I have that chair. And it feels good. So we
1: were gear shift. We might end up in another country. Who knows?
0: I was about to say, you know, it might inspire other people like you and I to go out and get chairs and say I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for them I'm going to keep listening bring in more listenership
1: you don't have to sit on the floor people
0: yeah you can get a chair you can get a chair yeah wise wise words from from you and I uh Dennis um not a whole lot to get to but at the same time there's quite a bit to get to um if that makes any sense I think it will by the end of this show no let's start first we're recording a little bit later um in the week than we typically do This is definitely old news, but you and I have not talked about it on record on the air since it happened. But the NCAA tournament, March Madness, as we know it, has come to a close. On the women's side, UConn ladies, they made it to the championship. It was a great run, but they never had a shot against South Carolina. Their season came to a close. On the men's side, as uh, our social media manager, Lauren, quote unquote, predicted, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks did end up winning it all. Defeating the North Carolina Tar Heels in the final, what was a good final and really much like down to the wire. But not to be outdone by Dennis, what you and I both said, the Final Four matchup between Duke and UNC, which seemed to be um, getting more attention or we figured it would get more attention. And like we said in the group text, Dennis, it was, we could start there, go really quick through the, the tournament. But for me, the Duke-UNC game was everything we hoped it would be regardless of who you thought was going to win and who you were pulling for, for especially when you and I are not Duke or UNC fans, we said we just don't want it to be um, a letdown. We said what could cause a letdown, and it wasn't. It, it lived up to the hype. And UNC, UNC found a way to win. And once again, that that's how the Coach K legacy, and I have thoughts on that, but that's how the Coach K legacy appears it will end Your last home game at Cameron Indoor, a loss to your biggest rival. Your last game ever, a loss to your biggest rival, much less a loss to your biggest rival. And the only NCAA tournament game you guys have ever played against each other. Dennis, your thoughts on on that and just the, the final and the, the tournament wrapping up as a whole.
1: Yeah, I'll start quickly just on the women's side because I don't know if my grandparents listen to the podcast often, but they are massive UConn fans, I found out that my grandmother, up late watching the final four on Friday, and then up even later on Sunday watching her beloved Huskies get pounded by South Carolina. Um, also, I don't know if you caught. Did you see any of the ESPN? They did a super Diana Taurasi kind of broadcast, kind of like they do with the Mannings. They had LeBron. Entertaining, actually.
0: They had LeBron on for a minute. The, the few minutes they I had,
1: had a catch. bunch of. They had Steph Curry. They had Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Had a bunch of different people. Uh, but yeah. It's kind of weird, UConn not having a title. They haven't won a title since, I think, 2016 or 2017. You just assume, like, oh, it's UConn, 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 but that's no one's paying attention. There's so much parity in women's basketball, and the sport is rapidly growing, and it's actually entertaining. The games are actually entertaining. So I do say, if you are a fan of basketball, at least when it comes down to the tournament, you should watch a bunch of those games, because the games are actually entertaining if you're a basketball fan. Uh, but, yes, hats off to Dawn Staley, her staff, what they did. I mean, she's the, she gets a second title. She's now the first ever, I guess, uh, African-American head coach to have more than one title in either men's or women's basketball, which is unbelievable in itself. Uh, but I digress on that. For the men, you were totally right. UNC, Duke just lived up to the hype. It was, it was great from tip to end. Uh, I do wish that the first game with Kansas Villanova was even a bit entertaining. It kind of wasn't. Villanova just – they looked like they never stood a chance – I don't know how much of that played into Justin Moore not being there. Regardless, Tom uh, Gillespie, tears afterwards. I love seeing that stuff. It just warms my heart. These guys going out there, they're never going to play another collegiate game. I love that type of stuff. March Madness, is, that brings it out. We didn't get a lot of that in this March Madness for some for whatever reason, but we get it a little bit there. Uh, and then, yeah, the, what you said with the job uh, UNC did through the stretch, but just, just – It sucks that they lose the national title game, but everyone will remember this year for what that North Carolina team did on that Saturday night beating Duke. And we said it when we recorded the podcast, it would be incredible to not only take away Coach K's last home game at Cameron, but to then take away his last game ever and for that to be the final four and a trip to go to the national title game. It's a Disney movie, and it was the Disney movie I wanted. I wanted the sad ending. As the other team celebrates, you just see one strip, one tear stream down Coach K's face. We didn't really get the crying. He looked like he was okay. Him and his wife holding hands, walking back to the press conference. whatever. whatever. Uh, really National quick, title game, very entertaining. Really
0: Love quick, you. really yeah. just really quick. You're mentioning Coach K with a single, single tear. Boomer and Geo are ragging on him. Uh, I was listening the next morning as I was driving into work and, and we were in chair ragging on him and they're playing audio, like Jerry Reco's playing audio from Coach K's post-game press conference. And they're because he says something like, like, you know, what was the, what did you tell your players after the game? Like, what was the atmosphere like in, in the Duke locker room? And he's, he's like, you know, players, they were they were crying. They were having a tough time hugging each other. It was beautiful. <laughs> And like yeah, it's a bunch of grown men just crying and sobbing on each other. It's beautiful.
1: I drank in their tears. It's key, it keeps me youthful. Yeah, no. i get another 15 years out of those tears in that locker room.
0: I just, I just thought that they were when they were ragging on that the next morning it was pretty funny. But keep going.
1: No, yeah, and then uh, so it was just the national title game. Uh, I think it's to me at least. If I was a UNC fan, I think a bit of a devastating blow to have the first half of you had to just come out of the gates humming. Hitting shots, Kansas, could I mean, they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. But also, it was solid defense on the inside. But Kansas, I mean, it, that second-half run, they had kind of done it in this tournament already. We saw it in the Elite Eight. They were down six going into halftime and against Miami, and then they allowed, like, only 15 points, I think it was, and they blew them out. So they did it twice before, and now they do it here. They, they were just a complete team, and everyone keeps saying it's not Bill Self's best team, but it might have been the most – the greatest collective group that he had had. And that might be true. Uh, but it was an entertaining game. And I will say though, j- just what Davis did coaching this team to this point, we'll see. I think UNC is going to be very good and they are set up very well for the future. I imagine Davis is coming back, but I'm not hundred percent sure. I'd like to see Baycock come back, but because I don't, I don't know how much NBA and, I hate like doing this, like already. All right, let's talk about the NBA. Let's have the next step. Cause that's what everybody does. What are the prospects of watching this game? Oh, well, can't we just watch a college game? But you know, is what it is. That's the storylines, blah, blah, blah. But I'd like to see Baycott come back. I don't know. He, I think he can be a serviceable NBA player, but I can't envision him being a lottery pick in today's NBA. He is a true center inside guy. He can shoot the ball, but I'd like to see him come back. And if he does, and let's be honest, where we are now with name, image, and likeness, I think some of these guys could do all right for themselves coming back if that's their only reason to go. Get the payday now. I think you could come back and you can get something, make some coin and have another run in a national championship. Because I think this North Carolina team can be good next year. But yeah, it was it was a good tournament overall. Uh, I was I was really happy with the overall result, mainly because Duke didn't get there or won. Yep.
0: Yep, I agree with you, other than the fact that I wish my bracket did better, but Lauren came in second in the Bailey-Scorano bracket to a Mr. Frequent Guest of the show, Big Dom, uh, won his own pool.
1: So That's all, Big Dom. I was pulling for you all, all along. It's on record on this pod.
0: So good for him, Dennis. Another season of college basketball comes to a close, and obviously to cap it all off was a beautiful, as always, rendition of one shining moment to cap it all off um before we leave college basketball really quick shout out she's following me on twitter hopefully she will listen to the show one of these days but new temple women's coach diane richardson follows me on twitter shout out Bye. coach welcome to the temple community i don't know i think i just liked something and commented welcome coach and then i was going to bed and i looked at my phone and she was following me on twitter so welcome coach diane richardson Very happy to have you as a part of the Temple uh, Owl community.
1: I hope she doesn't run her own Twitter. I think I hope that it's somebody else because I got to be honest with you. That doesn't bode well if the new women's head coach for Temple Basketball is just following all the people that like.
0: Dennis, I'm a a co-host on Matt and Dennis, so I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a big deal on Twitter. Anyhow.
1: How'd that Phil Collins bracket go? Maybe that's why. Uh,
0: I realized a crucial flaw and I put it on pause. It'll come back. Don't worry. Okay. It's not over. Um, anywho, Dennis, we move on. We will say what you're probably looking forward to the most for last, unless you want to talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. It's great. Okay.
1: You're the host. You make the decisions. baby. Now, I'll,
0: give you, I'll give you the mic uh, a little bit longer here. As Jim Nance would say, a tradition unlike any other, the masters on CBS uh, began. And Dennis, first off, I want to toot my own horn. And I hope when you told me you were proud of me, over text uh last night it
1: wasn't tongue-in-cheek i was proud of you
0: i hope you really were because so i work with a gentleman who is really into golf he's the one that uh when i first moved back to orlando we went golfing and i barely golfed i just drove around the golf cart and drank beer um so he's the one he's, he's been getting into golf trying to get me into it i'm just not I'm not really taking the bait um so he had the masters on in the store that uh, we both work at so I was like trying, you know, I was like, if this is gonna be on for the next three days, the entire time I'm at work, I may as well like learn more about it and try to find a way to enjoy this. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, they, they, it was, it was like eight in the morning, and they're going through everyone's names, and I'm like, that guy, Gooch, best name in the tournament. That's the guy I'm pulling for. And I start watching it. Obviously, I watch Tiger, uh, Tiger on on hole one. And that's obviously history, even if you absolutely hate golf, that's cool to see and, uh, and watching it. And then, and then the guy I work with like four hours into it, he's like, Matt, Gooch is in first. And I'm like, Holy smokes. And I look, Kyle texting me, Gooch is in solo lead." And I'm like, Holy smokes, this is actually entertaining. I'm starting to understand why people watch this. My only complaint was Dennis, and I mentioned this to you is, is I can understand as a big golf fan, how this is exciting when there's like 100 guys golfing and they're just cutting, cutting, cutting. Here's He's he's over here, he's over here. He he starts at 8 a.m., he starts at 2, and they're just going back and forth. But as someone that is really trying to make an honest attempt to understand why people like it so much, that's a lot. I made the comparison that it's like if you took someone that knew nothing about the game of football and you put them in front of NFL Red Zone and said try to figure out how the sport of football works and what you need to do to win this game and do well, that would be really confusing so for me it was really confusing to kind of figure out where everyone else is aligned in the 18 hole course and then who's doing well and who's doing poorly and it it was a lot I'm, I'm figuring it out but to have that many different names and obviously such a big tournament and someone like me that knows very little of golf it's a little overwhelming but with each passing day of the Masters I've I've been getting more of an awareness of it. So I, I hope you were proud of me. That I way.
1: was. I will interrupt you one because I, I wonder because you're watching this at work. I'm assuming the volume was not on.
0: The volume was on, actually. It oh, wasn't right. blasting to the point where you could hear it across the, on the other side of the shop, but the volume was on.
1: Well, because what I was going to say is that's a crucial point for someone like you that's trying to get into it and watching it. When they are when they are jumping around, part of it, obviously, is knowing who the players are. But if you're listening to it at the same time, they're explaining now over to blah, blah, blah. And then it does cut to whoever they're talking about. And then the scoreboard comes up and the numbers that are there will show they're on a par four. So that's four strokes. Number two will be highlighted, meaning they're on their second shot. So there's ways to follow along and understand what they're doing. Yeah. But to me, it's one of the best ways to watch a live sporting event because you get to see or at least by comparison going to a sport going to it live or staying home it's very hard to go to that sporting event and really see all of it as opposed to being home and really getting the whole feel for the
0: sport. Sense. yeah that makes sense because they kept especially on the practice day I think was what was that Wednesday yeah and they kept kind of just talking it wasn't really as much about the golfers and how they were going to do as much as it was this is Augusta and how long it's been around and this is how the different holes look and this is just aerial footage and it got got to the point of this is how serious we were taking this he started looking up uh like on the lunch break started looking up uh ticket prices to go to the masters this weekend quite expensive the weekend off and i'm like here let's just sneak you in because that has to be a wooded area so we google maps the streets that are outside i was like just cut through that person's backyard it's got to be a wooded area dig a hole then sneak into the Masters. Just make sure you're dressed nice. Like, Andy Dufresne into the Masters. Like, Shawshank Redemption That I don't think he's going to do it, but we had a good plan. Why would you
1: need to be dressed nice? Also, now you're also going to ruin your dirty clothes if you're tunneling in the Masters.
0: That's what I'm saying. You got to do what Andy Dufresne did, where he had all of his nice clothes in a bag uh, as he crawled through poop. (laughs) Could be crawling through Tiger Woods' fecal matter to get in the Sneaking to the masters i don't but as I, I will say i i i've enjoyed it would i wake up at the crack ass of dawn and sit there till seven o'clock at night watching this blue to the tv i don't see kind of like you would soccer you're not watching any soccer anytime soon would i sit there and plan my day around all that probably not will i pay more attention to it maybe sunday when it comes to a close probably but that's me but i'm making i'm making an honest attempt If you have nothing else to add, I'll let you get to the analysis of it because I'm sure you have a lot to say.
1: It's No, I I don't really have anything to add. I do like that you're making an honest attempt. And honestly, it's just because golf has grown so rapidly, and especially within our age group. The 18 to kind of 30-year-old is really taking a liking to golf now, whereas even 10, obviously 20 years ago, that was not the case. This was an old man's game. Your dad's game, they would what – kids aren't watching golf. It's different now. Younger kids are watching it and they're playing it. And that's my biggest recommendation is if your buddy can get your ass out there on the course, it's really not that hard to get decent clubs, Craigslist, eBay, whatever you could walk into Dick's and for 150, 200 bucks, get it all in one with the bag and every club you need and get out there. Of course, then you need balls, but you can go on Amazon and buy actually good balls that are refurbished. For, say, 50 bucks, you can get two, three dozen of them. For someone that's new at golf, you'll run through them fairly quickly, but not as quickly as you would think because that's still a lot of golf balls. And you play par three courses. You play easy courses. When you start playing, you then garner the appreciation for what is actually happening, for what these guys are doing, the shots they're attempting, the things that they make look so routine and easy, it's baffling for someone that actually does play. So that's a major part for, I think, how many people are golf fans and will watch. If they also play, they have that much more appreciation for what they're watching.
0: Yeah. And that course that we went to, I mean, it's, I mean, for one, I live in probably the golf capital
1: marquee area in the country of the world.
0: Um, I don't know if it's this, but just obviously endless golf courses, some that are on the PGA tour that are in the Orlando area and I'm like if I can't get into it here I don't know if I ever will but I see even my brother anytime he like goes traveling somewhere visits a friend they just find whatever golf course whether it's good or not and the one he took me to wasn't like a dump by any means but it wasn't like super expensive either and that's kind of the one he's been going to as he tries to you know learn more and get better at it and yeah I was driving him around I, I took one shot he was like here you want to try putting this and I was like yeah let me go for it. It wasn't that bad, actually. I didn't get it in, so it was a pretty, it's a pretty long putt.
1: But, but it was.
0: I was like, okay. And I'm driving around, we're having drinks, you know, got a good little buzz, and I'm like I could, I could see how this would be. That's.
1: I would ballpark it, and I'm going to go low number here. Sixty to sixty-five percent of the reason we all golf, it's a party. Right. We're playing music in the carts. We got beers. You're smoking cigars. You stop at the halfway house in between nine and eighteen. Pick yourself up a hot dog. Maybe a bag of chips, more beer. Mm-hmm. By the time we, you get to ten or eleven, you don't even care about your score anymore.
0: Right, that, that's kind of how it went. Yeah, just driving around with a thing, and we took a took a shot like right at the concession stand to start the day, and then had just a, a few Budweisers in the back. I'm just drove around, and just took our time. It was a beautiful day, and I was like, yeah, I I, I get it. But that was the, like you mentioned the the cost is another thing. It's not really comparison you can make to golf it's not a
1: cheap sport to get into
0: or to do so successfully
1: i guess and most of the places you can't just walk up there and wear like everyone's in a polo decently nice shorts even though they're stretchy and they feel awesome like some of the most comfortable shorts out there but yeah on to the analysis though and not even so much analysis i will start with this uh the way scotty scheffler played today we're recording this on a friday and he shot. Five under, I believe he might've shot six, but I'm pretty sure I don't have the scores in front of me and I'm not looking them up. He's either eight under or nine under. I think he's eight under going to tomorrow. Tomorrow. You might hear this. If you listen is moving day. It's a, that's the day. That's Saturday. That's the day when scores tend to change. It's guys making a play, blah, blah, blah. I am on the watch for JT, Justin Thomas, who played phenomenal today to get back in the red numbers. I think he's going to have a big day. The weather is starting to change. The, the wind drying out the course. The course is going to be playing faster. I think putts are going to be sunk over the course of the next two days. So I think the scores will go up. Today was kind of just grind out pars, stay afloat, make the cut, and then we'll see higher number or lower numbers come Saturday and Sunday. But the way Scotty Scheffler is playing, he's the number one player in the world right now. And basically came out of nowhere. It's basically all been this season and what he is doing. And he played phenomenal golf today. Well, I pat myself on the back because I bet on hole 15 that he would not only win the hole and birdie. Yes, I did. Made myself some nice change on that. I was happy. Then I also doubled down because I didn't want to jinx the great Tiger Woods who was going for his third straight birdie. My good buddy chap roommate, he said, what are you doing? It's plus 550 for him to birdie. Just make, just make the bet. I made the bet. He birdied. So we're looking good on live bets. I'm, I'm, I'm all done tomorrow. It's going to kill me tomorrow. I'm just going to sit on my ass and constantly make live bets. Who knows how much money I'm probably going to lose. But that's half the fun. The major point uh, is Tiger Woods. And it's just phenomenal and unfreaking believable what we are seeing. For him to make the cut. I was at work today and I was talking with guys. And he started, I think it was, he bogeyed two of the first three holes. Or something like that. and He just didn't look good. The driver looked erratic. It was almost one of those things where you start talking, is the body going to, is it not there? Is he just not in enough shape to let? I mean, we're talking about a guy who should have been dead 14 months ago. 13, 14 months? Should have been dead, that car accident. There's not a lot of people that walk away from that. He did, and then let's tack on how long he can't use his leg and then add on the months of rehabilitation. And this dude is walking a golf course that is not flat. It's hilly as hell. And just the mental prep that he has to do to overcome all of this and to do and you're thinking, oh, it's just golf. Yeah, but it's just what he is doing is it's unfreaking believable And I was having this conversation with a buddy today. We're saying we're not far removed from where he went on his run and won the Masters. When we went into that tournament, people, were, he played the year before. And it was like, oh, Tiger's back. He's playing. Is he going to make the cut? Does he have a chance at winning? And a lot of people thought he would. He made the cut. He wasn't really involved on Sunday. Then he comes back the next year. And re- He's not going to win another major. This is the first major of the year. If You're not aware of how golf kind of works. The Masters kind of kicks it off. The U.S. Open, the Open, which is always played in Europe this year. It's at St. Andrews, the old course. So it's going to be a doozy. And then uh, the PGA Championship. I think the PGA Championship is technically second now because they're doing it like bi monthly. So we get the Masters in April. I think PGA will be in May. US Open's always Father's Day weekend in June. The Open's always in July. The PGA used to be the last one in like September ish. But what's the one in Bay Hill here? That's the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Arnold Palmer. That's it. That's not a major. There's always four majors. That's a big golf tournament. Yeah, like the players, that's a TPC Sawgrass in is it Jacksonville, or St. Peter's. Bay Hill. Bay Hill,
0: Florida. It's Orlando.
1: Well, that's Arnold Palmer, but the players uh, championship is another. Uh, There's multiple that are in Florida. Um, those are just big-time golf tournaments. Uh, but this is the first major, so it's a, it's a big deal. It's that. You've heard the term before, Grand Slam, like in tennis, be, winning the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, all that crap, trying to win all those tournaments in a year. It's only been done by a certain amount of people. So we're not far removed from people saying, is Tiger ever going to win another major? And he went out and won the Masters. And if you're a golf fan or even a big-time sports fan, you know where you were on that Sunday when Tiger won. And this is, to me, it's just as big. To me, him him announcing on Monday that he's going to play, he feels like he's going to play. And that singular quote of do you think you can contend and him flat out just saying, I do. That was it. That's all anyone that has been around golf, that watches golf, that knows golf needed to hear. It means that he, he believes his game is where it needs to be. And mentally he is where he needs to be. The only issue is will his body hold up. And you can see it when he's walking. There's a little bit of a giddy up in his step. You heard him yesterday saying that he has to just – what's the preparation going on tomorrow? Ice. He's just going to ice his body down. Because, you know, I I can't imagine what his body feels like. But again today where he was on the verge of not making the cut, rattling off three straight birdies on the back nine to get to plus one, making the cut, he will be here on Saturday and Sunday. Whether he will contend, because currently Scheffler is at – what did I say minus eight or whatever the hell it is. And then there's like seven guys that are three under there's a bunch of two bunch at ones. Well, he's kind of in the thick of things, but I don't, I don't believe he will be in contention on Sunday, but the sheer fact that he's here, that he's playing it's, it's good for It's good for golf. It's good for fans. It's good for sports, plain and simple. And it a- gets me jazzed up.
0: There was a moment we were um, we had it on and it was like slow in the store and we were watching it and I don't know what hole Tiger was on um, and my buddy that's the, the golf guy he makes a comment I couldn't couldn't help myself and he goes it's like no one no one brings in the crowds like Tiger and I was like actually Happy Gilmore accomplished that feat just two hours ago thank, thank you me, yeah thank you. I, was, I was like I couldn't help myself I, no, I thank you we're this, waiting this, in my brother's FaceTime me right now for whatever reason. But, you know, it's interesting. As I knew Scheffler was in the lead. So when you said that, I knew what you are talking about. Yeah. Uh, Two, Matsuyama.
1: Hideki Matsuyama. He won it last year.
0: Right. And he seemed to be doing pretty well from what I was seeing. He
1: had a hell of a day, too. Smith. Cameron Smith.
0: Cameron Smith. Thank you. He was in it for a while. And my man, Taylor Gooch. Uh
1: He's hanging
0: around. He's hanging around, but after he was in that solo lead, then he was in second, and then he just kind of yeah,
1: solo lead didn't last very long.
0: It did not. It did did not last very long. But uh, I'm proud of him. Proud of proud of Mr. Gooch. Proud of Gooch. <laughs> no, no one loves Gooch more than I do. Um, but yeah, no, Dennis, it, it's it, it it makes me want to pat myself on the back that a lot of what you just said makes sense to me, and I knew for the most part what you were talking about. So it's nice for a second to let you go off in your golf tangent, and I kind of know what you're talking about. So, again, I work tomorrow. Orlando City plays tomorrow, so I can't say I'll be as invested, but I'm off Sunday. So I'm sure I'll be tuned in for some period of time uh, then. But um, do you have any, anything else to add about the Masters? No, I'm assuming I, from what I saw, Tiger Woods was hanging in there, but not to the point where he he may not make it to Sunday.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he'll be there. So whoever makes the cut, they play Saturday and Sunday regardless. So we're up to, I think it's like 52 golfers. I'm trying to remember how many made the cut because it was the top 50. And then I think there were a couple that were tied. They will also make it. So it's all of those guys will contend on Saturday and Sunday. It's just a matter of when they tee off and if they will be in contention on Sunday as one of those, you know, couple final groups. The only thing I will say is I want to give a shout out and a hats off. To Joaquin Neiman, he played with Tiger Woods in the grouping on Thursday and Friday, the 23-year-old. He got his first win on tour at Riviera, which is Tigers tournament in California this year, pretty much flat out dominated. But the fact that Louis Oosthuizen, who, who was the third guy in their group on Thursday, he backed out today because of back problems. So he's just, he left the tournament. But Neiman came into the day, I think three under. And he kind of had a rough go of it in the, back, in the back nine in the last couple of holes. I think he might only be one under, maybe two, but he played incredible golf. And for a guy that's only 23 years old and doesn't have a, a lot of experience on tour to play with literally just Tiger Woods, there's nobody else there drawing attention away in, in your grouping. And when you go to every hole, every tee shot Tiger was taking, as soon as the ball was released, it was berserk, crowd erupting. You, Anytime you watched it for him, half the time, there, there wasn't even a loud roar. A couple of claps, a couple of this, if you had a great shot, you'd hear people closer that seeing the ball drop, actually applauding or whatever. But for him to have the composure, have the, the mental side dialed in, where he really didn't get flustered by the moment because it is a moment; it's a huge moment to be part of this. So I think shout out to him because I mean, come on, twenty-three years old and you're playing with the goat who shouldn't be here, and the guy is still in contention. So shout out to him.
0: Cool. Well, then shall we move on to what I believe is our last topic? We shall do it. It is opening day, baby. It is. It has come. come. The situation looked bleak. For a minute, the baseball's here. Opening day was yesterday, technically. But for us, Yankees fans, opening day was today. Yankees win in extra innings, 11 innings, uh, against their rivals, who they ended their season with last year. They began the season in the Bronx with them this year with a 6-5 win. A lot to get to on opening day. Now, Dennis, I preface this in our text on what our show would be about, saying this is going to be overreaction Friday, baby where we say, no matter what happens, for better or worse, we're going to overreact to it. Today, we get to overreact in a positive way, so that's good. Um, but let's let's start it like this. I Yankees-Red Sox, for me, was a back burner topic. The, the, the forefront for me is its opening day. Let's see how this team plays. I don't care if it's the Red Sox, the Astros, or the Baltimore Orioles. Let's just see how this team plays. Let's see how our quote-unquote stud that we got into a whole thing in the group chat Garrett Cole let's see how he plays let's just start with that not well Garrett Cole again comes out dud two-run blast was it Devers I think hit the home run and like oh my god he's gone by what the fourth inning and like here, like, like
1: I will say, did you see the meme that started circling where it was him, it was Cole when he was being introduced when the Yankees signed him? And somebody I don't know if he was actually holding a sign or someone photoshopped it in and it was it, it's the picture of the spider tack, and it just said, Have you seen my friend? And it's just the spider. Attack.
0: That's pretty funny.
1: But let's be honest, at this point, post spider tack, I think we have some concerns, no?
0: Yep, it's not the same. And uh, we have no reason to uh just to talk on Garrett Cole really quick just to bring up the group chat. Uh, I wasn't disagreeing with Ellis on Garrett Cole as a player and that we'd be, obviously we'd be in a much worse situation. If you look back at our time, since we got Garrett Cole, we'd obviously would have lost plenty of games uh, more so if we didn't have him. but we paid him the big bucks for one reason and one reason only it's to win big games. And he does not have a great track record with that. You mentioned the spider tag. He has not been elite Garrett Cole since that whole ordeal and that very terrible press conference he did um and today now he's talking about you know i didn't have my best performance because the first pitch was supposed to be at 108 and they moved it to 112 garrett called, shut up
1: did you not- really say that
0: yeah he, he said that you can yeah that's i can find the i'll find the quote four right. minutes but uh, yeah I'll, I'll pull up the quote but i'm not that's i'm not overreacting yet i'm not worried it takes about.
1: Me four minutes to stand up that Bothers him that much that he couldn't make a pitch? For I'm minutes. not
0: worried about – I'm not panicking about Garrett Cole just yet. But just you, – you think about the game against your biggest rival all year. You have to worry that you were the one that blew it. I mean, the, the bats didn't really come alive either. It's not all his fault. But he – we got him. We paid we him. He relied
1: them. upon to keep us in it. So, hopefully, our bats do come awake at one right.
0: point. We paid him all that money to win that game, and it didn't happen. Um, I'm still trying to find this quote. Um, okay, I believe you but you know if there's if there's five more starts like that that are that bad then you know then I'll get nervous but you had all the chance to just kind of come out and have against your rival and then just shut up all the haters shut up the Yankees fans and just have no one worry make guys like me shut up and it didn't happen it was just the same thing that we saw kind of in the back half of the season um yeah, here we go. Uh, Garrett Cole said that the delayed start 112 instead of 108 was a quote unforeseen challenge for him. <laughs> quote, the festivities got a little away from the schedule. So, all right, Garrett Cole, shut up. Uh, anywho, we'll move on from that because luckily.
1: I wish I could do a good curve with the Frog Boys because I would just be hammering him right now. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely ridiculous. So, um, anywho, moving on from that, Dennis. We saw something in one game. This is overreacting in a positive sense now. We saw something that we really did not see throughout the course of the regular season that we really did not see in our one-game wild card that, frankly, we really haven't seen the Yankees do consistently in a minute. Obviously, this is one game, but we're overreacting here. Overreaction Friday. Every time the Red Sox took a lead and we're like, oh, here we go, the Yankees, boom, bounced right back, bounced right back. Rizzo, LeMahieu, Donaldson. Uh, I don't know. I forget who else was was was, it. Um, but just every
1: time.
0: Stand Stan, thank you. Um, every time the Red Sox got the lead back, after the Yankees the Yankees came right back. Every time, and that is something that we as Yankees fans have been looking for. Not just scoring runs in a general sense, but being able to find ways to win games and find ways to score. In the past, the Yankees have just had. It struggled to do that. It seems like such a basic concept, and we pay all these guys this money. Today, they did it, and the situation looked bleak multiple times. We're down 3 nothing right off the bat, and Rizzo, boom, two-run home run. We're right back in it. It's like it never happened. So, And even extra innings, it's crazy that Josh Donaldson, his first game, comes in, and he saves Garrett Cole, the guy that they obviously have the history with. So I think that was a great storyline. Um, and you could see how much it meant to Donaldson jumping up and down his teammates. You could see how much it meant to Cole running out of the dugout once he realized that Donaldson got the base hit. So I'd, I'd say their their bad history has been squashed. Um, it's a cool thing. It's, it's it's nice to overreact in a positive way than if the Red Sox kept that 3 nothing lead built on it. And then we're talking about a Yankee loss in game one. So Obviously the Red Sox would come out and beat us 10-0 tomorrow and then everything changes, but but it was a great opening day. Just looking at the, the camaraderie of opening day to go out against your rival in extra innings and the new guy, um, pretty much our only semi-significant offseason deal, gets a game-winning uh, base hit in extra innings. Awesome opening day. Uh, let's see how this carries through the rest of the weekend. Um, and an important start to the season, playing your rival three, three games at home start of the season it's it's obviously it's a, it's a marathon that's about to really begin but good way to start
1: yeah uh i mean you know you used to overreact in a positive way i'll give you an overreact in a negative way please i bet the yankees under on win total this year so every win is a nail in the my wallet so you no know, i'm rooting for l's over here okay no i'm only kidding I think I got it at like 91 and a half or 92 and a half, whatever the hell it was, which just seems astronomically high for what this Yankee team is expecting, or at least what we think this Yankee team will do this season. Uh, We talked with Spider Tech, Garrett Cole. uh, I placed my concerns. I've talked about it for weeks that I'm not excited for baseball. I'm I'm just worried about this Yankee team, and I'm just going to let it run its course, and we'll see how it goes, and we'll watch games, and we'll We'll see what the starting rotation looks like after Garrett Cole. Cause it's a major question mark to me, uh, but it's like you said, that will play out. Um, as far as just opening day, I saw WFAM was there. I was on Instagram. I saw their stories. They had a bunch of shows uh, at the hard rock in the stadium. That's really cool. Just seeing the fans there. They, they had people that were outside the people waiting at the gates, the people in the stadium. It's just, I love opening day. I mean, I went to opening day every year from 98, until like 2011. once I started going like to college it just got too difficult. So I think I've only been to like two or three, maybe only two since 2011. Uh, but it, to go that long and just how it worked out with getting to my dad getting tickets from our friend I love opening day and to get a win on opening day, it's meaningful. it means something. You're kicking the season off in the right way to do it in this fashion. It reminds me of Hideki Matsui. It's that moment. His first season, that game was postponed against the Twins because of rain and snow. They push it to the next day. Dude hits a walk-off grand slam. Josh Donaldson comes in day one, ironically, from the Twins, to the Yanks, though, walk off, s- start to cement that Yankeeism. that stupid thing we always talk about that us Yankee fans love. Is he a Yankee? Is he not a Yankee? I'm not saying Josh Donaldson will ever be a Yankee. It's probably never going to happen. But unless we start winning some world series and the guy is a major contributor, but this was a major moment to kick off this season for him. It's like, all right, this is our guy. This is one, this is, is, he could be a cornerstone guy for this Yankee group. And that's awesome to see. So what are you going to say? No, it's
0: because there are guys that
1: are, that the Yankees have had
0: some of which are still on the team that have been on the, the Yankee roster for years. And us as diehard Yankees fans still question if they can get, get a hit, make a difference when it matters in the big moments at the walk offs, extra innings. When you're down and you need that, that big hit to get back into it. And again, to your point, we're not gonna, we're not jumping on the Josh Donald. We're not buying Josh Donaldson jerseys uh, tonight, but you know, to, to prove to a packed house an opening day against your big rival, boo, we didn't waste any time. Big hit yeah, in your yeah. first appearance. So that already takes, you know, a lot of i'm sure for him in the locker room a lot of pressure off of him that he's not starting the season slow was this move was the move worth it wasn't going to do anything he showed that in a packed essentially what looked like sold out yankee stadium against your big rival in extra innings that you can get the hit when it matters and there's a lot of yankee players that that, that seems like that's like their kryptonite almost when it, when it gets into that situation so yeah again not we're not buying jerseys and we're not throwing him out in Monument Park uh, at all. But what a big moment. And just, I I think that is, I think that's priceless to be able to do that. And in pinstripes in your first game at Yankee Stadium.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, know, I'll leave it at this for, like I said, concerns with the season. We'll see. It it sounds stupid because it's one of 162, but it feels really good to win opening day. You win it on a walk-off. You win it against Boston, which is just massive. Anytime you beat the Red Sox, in my eyes at least, Mm -hmm. boom, three things right there. It's opening day. It's a win. It's against the Red Sox.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It was was a great day. and I mean, just a couple other things I noticed. And And, you know, too, just having baseball back, like we had the conversation when we had Salvo on the show, like, you know, someone like Ellis is probably dialed in every game. The majority if not all of the games you and I aren't like that Salvo wasn't like that
1: Matt I didn't watch a single pitch of this game
0: neither did I well I was at work otherwise I it, ba-
1: it bears go. I might watch Sunday if I don't forget I might throw up a second screen tomorrow because they're playing the afternoon game on Fox mm-hmm. but I'm sorry if the way baseball falls opening day opening weekend it's not supposed to fall when the Masters is But when you have a bunch of goobers that can't agree on a new CBA and you have to push opening day and you're going to run up against the masters, I'm sorry. The masters are going to win every time because it's a major tournament.
0: My point, my point was, like I said, when we had Salvo on the show is it's just nice to have it on. It's nice to know it'll be there. So when I'm lounging at home after work, after a long day, I know I can turn the TV on, watch it when I want to go do something else, watch it when I want to come back to it. And one of my favorite traditions was because of, when I go to bed, I like to listen to FAN. Like I like the overnight host. I just like something, some noise going on in the background when I'm falling asleep. Lauren does not like that, but that's what I need. One thing I did when I lived in Lansing, we had MLB TV for the first time, was it comes with audio. So you can get the radio broadcasts too. So I wouldn't fall asleep with the TV on, but like the games that start 10, 1030 at night on the West Coast, I would just fall like the asleep. Radio call. Like the Dodgers... Like radio and broadcast. We,
1: we can talk after the show too, depending on how many people we already have. I can get you in on our MLB TV group.
0: I am already in. What does that mean? So I, I already have access to MLB TV. Oh,
1: all right. Never mind. Yeah.
0: No, I, I, I have it. Thankfully it's, it's, it was awesome. And I was like, you know what? I want to spend this money. It's, it's one of those things where you're like, I don't want to get MLB TV. I don't want to
1: get, you get it. Money. Do you have, is it blacked out for you when they play the
0: race? It is. Yeah. That's the mistakes. It's blacked out. I mean,
1: they haven't played the Nationals yet, but the Orioles, both those teams.
0: Yeah, yeah. A few times when they play the they play the Rays quite a bit, but when they play a few times when they play the Marlins, it's also blacked out. It's just, yeah. It was one of those things where I never thought, even up to last year, why would I spend the money on MLB TV when I can get some crappy stream? And then when you have it, I'm like, how did I ever not have MLB TV? I'm
1: with you so i used to do the same thing in college with mlb network i would go to bed every night to that because they would do live look-ins to the west coast games mm-hmm. so it was perfect go to bed like tv yeah
0: i just i fall asleep listening to whatever west coast game is on and it's just and then when the game's over it just shuts off mm-hmm. so and, and i'm already asleep I, I typically don't make it through a whole game i'll just kind of lay there and when i fall asleep i fall asleep and depending on who the announcer or who the radio uh, talent is, it makes it a little easier other nights or some nights more so than others. But yeah, Dennis, that, that, that pretty much is, is what I had. Um, Yankees win masters go on I'm watching them um, and it's been enjoyable. So uh, yeah, that, that's really all I had. And I feel like this is a quick one, but this was, there's a lot of substance um, in this episode. We are 20 days away Actually, maybe 19 now from uh, the NFL draft. So I figure we're going to be switching gears. Yeah, we're to that coming three
1: up. weeks away from round two, like yep. recording.
0: Yep. Um, so we'll be switching gears to that soon. The last time you'll hear me mention it for a while, US soccer got their draw. So they will be in the same um, pool as England.
1: England. So, so, I mean, you say that I don't pay attention. I did pay attention. I will say, that has some intrigue. It does. And if, it's after if, they're, they're, they're supposedly the top team in that group pool, whatever the hell they call them in soccer. Yep. That has some intrigue. Just if the Americans can beat the Brits, because I mean, why would we not want to do it again? You know what I mean? The
0: day after Thanksgiving. So there's a lot of, uh, I'm sure they oh, will. Sorry.
1: Depending on the timing, I'll be watching the Egg Bowl.
0: I'm sure they're going to be making a bunch of, uh jokes about that but um, yeah they'll get England they will get Iran Iran excuse me and they will get either uh, this this also this also gets pretty interesting Wales is in a playoff that will play the winner of Scotland and Ukraine so there is somewhat of a chance that that U.S. will play Ukraine in the World Cup so we will We'll see, but that's probably the last I'll hear from me talking about U.S. for a while until I want to talk about it again, so it could be soon. But And I run away. Bang, bang,
1: bang, bang.
0: Block of seagulls. A hey, uh,
1: Block of seagulls.
0: Also, uh, my brother FaceTimed me while we were talking, and he says, I'm at dinner in Fishtown in Philadelphia, then a Yukon bus pulls up out of nowhere and side, sideswiped a car. So That's a shame. Interesting reporting coming out of uh, Philadelphia right now. Baseball? I, it has to be, right? Softball, baseball? Are they still in the Big East? Yeah,
1: I think so. Still on baseball? Yeah. The Big East has
0: some solid uh, I don't know, actually.
1: I couldn't tell you. It like exactly not a bad program either. No. no. Any final thoughts? mm I have no more thoughts. All right. Well.
0: We are on Twitter, Matt Dennis Pod. Follow us there. Any fun debate topics you got? Let us know. Um, I think we will just, uh, as Dennis would say, put a bow on this one. And uh, Dennis, you know, maybe in the future, if I get more into golf and I can figure out more of this and the ins and outs, maybe we could do like the first annual Matt Dennis Golf uh, Classic,
1: little charity event.
0: Yeah. Part For us,
1: when that comes just <laughs> donates to us.
0: <laughs> Our own charity event. <laughs> like, we need a new microphone.
1: Where yeah. is this going to? Matt and Dennis. Just <laughs> charity to Matt and Dennis.
0: Matt and Dennis, that's the What's charity. What's the
1: charity? Matt and Dennis is the charity.
0: <laughs> you're, this, you're looking at the <laughs> charity. Those
1: guys standing over there pounding <laughs> Bud Lights. <laughs>
0: it's like, are you guys like
1: sick or something? No, we just... Do you think this open bar was free? I don't think so.
0: Oh God. All right. Well, on that note, Dennis, it's been a pleasure. We're on Twitter. Once again, Matt Dennis pod, um, enjoy your weekend. Um, and we'll talk to you during the week. A lot of, a lot of good sports weekends here. It's like the land of the eternal summer. So when opening day doesn't really signal in the beginning of warmer weather and opening day, but I understand in the North and from my time up there, that always meant felt a little warmer when you could turn on the TV and watch baseball. So, I hope all my friends and family still living up there get that same feeling and emotion but um all right dennis if you had nothing else we will leave our listeners i'm at scarano thanks so much for listening that's dennis Vinci. we will talk to you next week dennis
1: adios <laughs>